Help I'm a Children's Pastor is sponsored in part by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get your next ministry logo designed from scratch for as low as $99. View the gallery and see what I've done for others and see what I can do for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. This is Help I'm a Children's Pastor, Episode 2. Hey, welcome to Help, I'm a Children's Pastor, where we're focusing on the needs of the everyday children's ministry. Minister, I'm I'm your host. My name is James Kennison, Children's Pastor at Suncoast Cathedral in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. This is episode two, brought to you the week of November 21st, 2010. All right. Well, uh, before we get into our main topic this week, which is going to be how to communicate. Goodness gracious. Let me get through some news and stuff here real quick. Um, I do want to mention just one more time that our show is now uh, coming at you twice a month. Every two weeks, you can accept expect a half-hour podcast instead of once a month here and there hit and miss. Okay, so we've doubled our efforts. Um, also wanted to remind you about The Very Last Room, which is a uh, a story that I wrote last year for my very own children's ministry um, uh, for our first children for our Christmas service, and I want to make that available. Um, you can look up the video, the very last room, on my YouTube channel, um, and I'll have a link in the show notes. But for a donation of just five dollars, I'd love to send you a copy, either of the video or um, the text from the story, and uh, the uh, uh, the images that I used in that story. Now, if you'll bear with me, um, I'd like to read that to you. Okay? It's called The Very Last Room. And uh, if you could imagine being in the family that uh, was the, the, the family that took the very last room in Bethlehem. So, here goes. We had been walking a long time, my mom and my dad, my sister and I, and the camel we had, Dad's walking, Mom's riding, we're carrying packs down the long road to Bethlehem because of the tax. I'm bored, I told Father. What can I do? You can carry my bag and your sister's pack, too. So I made up a game and asked Sister to play. We renamed the people we passed through the day. I saw a lady without, with about 20 kids. I named her Old Yeller because that's what she did. My sis took a turn. I'll call him the bear as we passed a huge man that was covered with hair. As the day wore on, we went on just like that. We named Father Big Beard and our mom Camel's Hat. Nighttime was coming and so was the city. I saw the lights in the distance. Good thing because we're weary. The city was packed. I could tell that from here. It'd be nice to get in there, get checked in, disappear for a while from the crowds, from the dust and the hurry. Next day, we'd pay taxes and be done with this worry. But as we got closer, we passed one more group. Just a man and his wife and a donkey. We too, my sister and I, had tried to give her a name till we noticed her belly and the look on her face. Her husband looked worried, the same as my dad would there be any rooms once we got there? How bad would it be to be stranded with your family outside overnight in a city after a long donkey ride? 
We left them behind, but I found myself thinking about both of them and the baby still sleeping, safe still inside, but who'd surely come soon. And I hoped that for his sake that they'd find a room. To the city, through gates, past the guards, through the people, to the door of an inn and inside the innkeeper. My dad asked for space. The keep said, so nice. It's the last room in the cities, but it's triple the price. You're a thief, but I'll take it. He helped mother down. There's a stable out back. You just head right around. It's full as full as my inn, but your camel should fit, though the space does cost just a wee little bit. I took the camel to bed him down in the back. A stable, you call this? It's more like a shack. So full of livestock, the smell made me cough. But I did find a space near the stone feeding trough. Back up front, Dad dropped coins from his sack to the hand of a smiling innkeeper. And then up walked a man. It was the man from the road with the wife who was due. He asked for the room for a room, though he looked like he knew what the keeper would say. We're full. You just missed it. Give the very last room to this man. He persisted. But my wife, sir, she's ready. There's a baby on the way. The keeper just shrugged. Hey, what do you want me to say? We could give them our room, I whispered to father. What a silly idea. Stay outside with your mother. She'd laugh in my face. I'd be better off dead. For the next 60 years, she'd beat sense in my head. So we headed upstairs. I heard the innkeeper offer the stable out back. Was he kidding? That was awful. In our room, safe and warm, I laid down. Sleep was work. It's hard to sleep soundly when you feel like a jerk. I woke up with a start, a cry in the night. It came from outside. It was a baby, all right. She was out there, that poor lady, surrounded by filth. The baby in a stable? I can't sleep with this guilt. As quiet as quiet, I got up from my place, saw a dark shadow on the side of my face. Where are you going? asked sister. Be quiet, I said. To the stable. I'm coming or I'll tell that you did. So down the stairs, out the back, down the path to the door. Should I knock? It's a stable with just a dirt floor. My sister pushed gently. The door moved aside. The two looked at we two. There was nowhere to hide. I came to say sorry, what I planned to say, but the moment I saw him, my voice just went away. This is Jesus, she said. Would you like to come in? My sister came running, and I just stood there and grinned. Why am I happy, was all I could say. I was feeling so guilty, but it's all gone away, and it's special and different in here than before. Sure wasn't this way when my sister was born. An angel came to us, said the man, and he told of a promise that God made that, wait a minute, sorry. The angel came to us, said the man, and he told of a promise that God made that we'd help unfold. Our baby is God's son, Emmanuel, sent straight from the father with us to dwell. I didn't understand all he'd said, but I knew that something was different and that it was all true. In that baby's eyes, I saw something much more than the normal expression of a normal newborn. I came to my senses. We'd been there a while. My father'd be angry, but that baby just smiled. But it wasn't at me. Something over my head. I looked. It was father. Was he mad? No. Instead, he was walking, then kneeling at the side of the manger. Has he come? Is this him? He said through tears to the strangers. I'm so sorry. If I'd known, I'd gladly have given the room that we took just before he arrived. Then he buried his face in his hands and he cried, half out of joy and the rest from crushed pride. 
Then the lady, she laughed, not at him, but because her son's hand had come loose from the swaddling cloths. Baby Jesus took the finger of father and held, and the old man smiled down in spite of himself. He looked at the lady. If I could do it again, she said he'd rather have a place in your heart than your room in the inn. I learned a great lesson that I carry with me still. The room Jesus needs is the one that I fill. Once I give up my rights and move out of the way, that's when my Savior, Jesus Christ, can come in to stay. So I hope you enjoyed that and um, feel like it's pretty powerful. And uh, I can say that because I really feel like it came from something beyond me. I don't write stuff like that. So uh, if I could hook you up with a copy of that and uh, the slides that go along with it, I want to say there are 21 hand-drawn slides um, that I have illustrated. They're pretty nice. Um, They look uh, very rustic, uh, almost Egyptian-style drawing, but imagine an Egyptian cartoon, uh, but done on a, a brown paper, you know. It looks pretty cool. So um, if you have any interest in that, let me know and email me and we'll get it out to you. Love to do that for you. All right. Anywho, uh, today we're sponsored by um, a, a a studio called ZLDesignStudio.com. Nurture the budding artist in any child with the newly added coloring caddies on ZLDesignStudio.com. Also check out printable photo cards, handmade floral hair accessories, and other unique treasures. Enter Help I'm a Children's Pastor in the note to seller to get a free first-class U.S. shipping before December 8th. Again, uh, go there, order something, and enter the show's name, Help I'm a Children's Pastor, to get free first-class U.S. shipping on your order anytime before December 8th. ZLDesignStudio.com is a proud member of the SD community of independent artisans. So check that out. Thank you so much, ZL Design Studio, for helping pay for this episode. All right, let's talk about how to communicate real quick. Um, we're going to talk about communicating to one, two, three, four main groups that you have to communicate with. And I should have put spouse on there, but you know what? Well, that's a different podcast. We're going to talk about first uh, talking to parents, to kids, to children's ministry leaders, and then to your volunteers. And I'm going to add one more at the end right here live, and I'm going to say to your pastor. Okay? For parents, um, there are several ways to communicate to them, and they are your primary um, communication need uh, because – if your parents don't know what's going on, your kids can't come to your stuff, okay? A lot of times, children's pastors make the mistake of promoting everything to the kids, but they forget to tell the parents everything. I'm learning a lot about communication to parents because my daughter is in a private school now. Thankfully, through my job, that was made available as a perk. And I'm telling you what, these people, they they email me constantly. They got my email address, dude. I'm getting emails from the dang um, librarian when my daughter needs a book coming in the next day. Uh, I'm getting a month or day, weekly emails from the, the boss of the whole school. I'm getting emails about uh, what they're eating. 
any changes that are coming up in events. I'm getting emails from the guidance counselors about what she's doing with my kids and the art teacher. Um, I'm getting emails from a homeroom mother type person that needs some supplies for an upcoming event. I'm getting reminders from her teacher and I don't mind. I'm borderline getting spammed by this place, but I don't care because it's about my kid. And I think sometimes we as children's pastors don't think we can do or don't even know really what parents are used to. Now I know public schools typically aren't bombarding their kids, uh, you know, with their parents with emails and stuff. And, and this is a special situation, but I think it's a great idea. Um, but let's start with the bulletin. The bulletin is the most typical way to communicate with the church at large. My only problem with it is you're communicating not just with parents, you're communicating with everybody in the church and not everybody in the church needs your message. There's certain kinds of things I put in the bulletin. I put in um, when my event uh, needs the attention of the entire church, like a Halloween event where I would need um, volunteers and support. I'm going to put stuff in there about uh, trying to raise money. I'm going to put stuff in there about kids camp because, you know, grandmas and grandpas might have kids that they might want to bring that one time a year. I don't know. But I'm not going to plan on the bulletin being my primary and only source for communication with parents. It's not specific enough for that. Announcements are good. Okay, Our church happens to have been getting into video announcements where I can sit there and make a video uh, where the people see me, myself, making my plea, making my announcement. Again, good. I think it's better than a bulletin. Um, it's not quite as good as being able to make it yourself. Although I will say that when you get the video, uh, you have a chance to do editing mostly because you get to do it over and over and over again until you get it right. Um, I don't like seeing my big self up there. So thankfully I'm working when, uh, when they show it, but, uh, announcements are great ways, but again, you're spamming the entire congregation with a message that may be for just specific people. So I save my announcements for very special occasions, okay? If I need volunteers, um, if I need uh, money to send kids to camp, if I need uh, people to bring candy for a Halloween outreach, then yes, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to talk about it. But I'm not going to use an announcement slot, part of my pastor's service, to talk about a sleepover for missionettes, okay? Just not going to do it. Not that they're not worthy, but the only people that need to hear about that missionette program are the ladies that are already involved. Okay. Well, you'd say, well, maybe there's some people out there and this, that, and the other. Yeah, I would agree, but that's not the time to do it. The time to do outreach to your own congregation is when you pull those kids up to give them badges once a quarter. Okay. When you do something like that or have them come in and take offering and have pastor talk up about them, that's when you draw people in. It's not time to start earmarking your announcements with other things. Okay, just a suggestion. It, and it also comes in line with just being very careful of the time that you get in big church. If you will take three minutes when he gives you five, if you'll take five minutes when he gives you 12, you will be the person that he always says yes to. Okay, when it's time to make announcements, there's somebody on your staff that they don't, he, 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 grits his teeth when they ask for space on that platform because he knows they're going to go over time. They're going to take advantage. Don't be that person. 
Okay. Sometimes we're tempted because we're kept in the back so much. We think we got to get it all in. Uh, less is more. Okay. So let's get into the conversations and the, and the communications that work. I like newsletters. Okay. You may not, but I do. They don't work in every church. Okay. The last church I was in didn't work. Granted, I didn't give them enough of a try, but newsletters, in my opinion, um, need to be good. Okay. Not just full. Uh, see, here's what it is. We feel like we have to, let me just say this. This is what I do. Okay. I, if you go to grouppublishing.com, group.com, I think you can, through them, you can subscribe to a monthly newsletter that they send you that you can then modify and submit as your own. Now, what I do is I have a template that I got through publisher word, you know, word, uh, Microsoft publisher. It's a very pretty template. I change the colors every month. I change the front images every month to go with, you know, like a, an orange theme. I did yellow when school came back up and put a bus in the front. And then I cut and paste out of their ugly, ugly template because it is ugly. It ain't meant to be used as it is. And I put in articles and it's always topical. It's really cool. So if, if, if this month it's about Thanksgiving, next month it's going to be about Christmas. Uh, back to school, it was about back to school issues. There's articles and there's... um tips and, and, uh, you know, stuff from all these different children's ministry magazines that, that are of interest to parents. And then I enter, I, I put that in as filler, but the main content is monthly updates on what's been going on in each of my, uh, services, uh, all my programs that I have each program director, write and submit to me. And then I'll have uh, what's coming up here pretty soon. And, uh, that's about it. It's pretty simple. See, we give up on newsletters sometimes because we try to create articles and we try to fill it up with content because just talking about Billy got a badge and, and we need some children's minister people in the nursery. I mean, that's not enough to fill up an entire, you know, one page front and back newsletter. So I highly suggest, I think it's 99 bucks a year. And uh, you get all this content. It's always current. Man, they even have stuff about video games and movies in there. And I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, if I can get a link to it, I will put it in the show notes. But newsletters are great ways to communicate with your parents. The trick is being consistent. And, and, and uh, even though my template changes, I always have the same information in the same places. People like that. Um, flyers are the dirty, dirty, dirty stepchild of the newsletter. They are a necessary evil at times, but man, you could paper flyer people to death and it's going to end up in the floorboard of the minivan before it even gets home on the fridge. Flyers sometimes say, I forgot to tell you about this. See, because my school uses flyers, my kids' school, but it's always when they need to modify information that they've already given me at the proper time. We do flyers because we didn't take the time to do a newsletter, okay? So get your content together in the newsletter. Use your flyers when you need to modify things or ask a certain small group of people for information, like if you need some people to bring cookies or something. Uh, if it's a reminder, you know, send that home. But here's the other thing. These newsletters and flyers, they are not going home with the kids. They get handed out. To parents, and if you can afford to mail them, mail them. Uh, my my newsletter, for instance, is uh, is a 
It's a one, two, three, four page deal. It's just a big, uh, what, 14 by 11 piece of paper that is print front and back, folded in half. And uh, But the back half of it, half of that is blank with an address and uh, uh, return address uh, information printed on there. When I fold it in half and tape one end, it becomes um, a half-page piece of paper-sized uh, mailable letter. And so I can send that out. I haven't been doing that yet. I'm just tri- I'm still feeling out the whole thing. Um, but because uh, we've had success with people picking them up. If you're not, if you're not going to mail them, hand them out to the parents. Do not give this stuff to the kids. You know why? Because the kid already has a fistful of candy and Sunday school papers. And it's just going to end up where all that stuff ends up. Okay, so hand it to the parent. Hand your flyers to the parent. Communicate to the parent. Emails um, are are the best way, in my opinion, to communicate with parents. And they are also the hardest thing to get from your families. So if you have a check-in system or a check-in procedure, try to get um, their emails. And then add them to a list. Google Groups is a great resource. You can add these people automatically. Um, constant contact is another one that I like even better, but it costs money. So I don't have it. And, uh, you can email all of these folks at one time. Um, you can also use things like Facebook, uh, get you a page set up for your children's ministry, have everybody like it. And that way they can get your information, but I wouldn't depend on Facebook cause it's imp- unpredictable. Okay. Um, communicating to kids. The only thing you need to communicate to kids is getting them hyped up by service announcements, videos, and slides. That's all. Your kids cannot drive themselves. They have no, really, no decision-making power at all. And and I know you just rolled your eyes at that because you know it's not true. But you know what I mean. Uh, Anything beyond that, though, needs to go to their parents, okay? So spend uh, a little bit of time hitting them up. But if you want to talk about... uh, I don't know. There every now and then you get a kid that's really smart and they're like, they'll remind their mom that they need permission slips and all that kind of stuff. That's great. If you want to push all that information, I'm just real big about hyping the event. Um, I'll mention the details here and there, you know, it's at six o'clock on Friday, blah, blah, blah. Um, but mostly I'm going to get them excited about it so that when uh, mom and dad get the information, those two elements come together. You got a kid that's excited and they bug their parents. The parent has to look at the newsletter or the flyer to get the information. So it's a match made in heaven. Uh, how to communicate with children's ministry leaders. Now, I, I don't know what you call them. Everybody has them different. But in my little group of, of uh, volunteers, I always have my top tier leadership. And those are my directors, coordinators, whatever you want to call them, um, that run my ministries, like my nursery coordinator, my missionette Royal ranger commander and there are two people, not one and uh junior jam, you know, and kids city, which is me. Um, and I have an assistant that's my wife. So I, t- I communicate with these people differently than I communicate with everyone that works in children's ministry. Okay. So I'm going to talk about my children's ministry leaders for just a second, even though they're all, you know, leaders. Um, I'm real big on email lists. It's the number one way I communicate with my people other than talking to them face-to-face is email lists. I have uh, I use Google Groups, which is free. I create a list for every single ministry. So I have a ranger list, a missionette list. I have a nursery list, on and on and on, a Sunday school list. And I put all of those email addresses in all of those lists. And when I need to communicate 
with certain groups of people, I can just type in that email address and it automatically goes out to just those people. I also have a children's ministry wide version. And all I do is type in all of those email addresses. I have a little shortcut that I, I type children's ministry all, and it replaces it with, um, you know, all of those email addresses, but it's really nice because not only can I communicate if they respond to that, the, the, the question goes out to everyone in that subgroup. And then when I respond to that question, it goes out as well. So it's a discussion group more than an email list and it helps me to not have to answer the same question a million times, okay? It also allows my children's ministry leaders themselves to get on this same thing and say, hey, ladies or gentlemen or whatever, we need to bring napkins next week or we need to talk about so-and-so and such-and-such. And so it's a win for everyone. Um, Facebook is another way I'll communicate with people because I've got this new group of people, these ladies and then these young adults, they get on Facebook more than they do anything. And now Facebook has its own, um, it's called messages and it's like it's uh, its own email service. So we'll see more and more people jumping into Facebook as the primary way that they get information and uh, network and email on the web. So don't be afraid of Facebook, get on there. Uh, make a fan page for your for your ministry or or whatever you have to do, or just get you can group your friends. By the way, I do that. I have uh, a Kansas City group. By the way, that everybody that friends me from my old church, I stick them in that group, and you can actually post messages on Facebook that, and then hide it from different people or only allow a certain group to see it. So I have a lot of podcast fans. And sometimes I'll post things just to them that I don't want my church people to see. Not that I'm saying anything stupid, but it, they would just be confused because they don't listen to my show. And likewise, if I'm making an announcement to all the parents and people that are on uh, for my current church, I've got a Sun Coast account or a group of friends, and I'll post it to them, and nobody else has to deal with it. It's a pretty cool thing to do. So um, get in there and check out Facebook. Texting. I wish I knew more about group texting. I'd love to do that because I've noticed with my young adults, that is the primary way to get a hold of them. Now, more and more cell phones are getting email, you know, your Blackberries and things like that. Um, but texting is definitely big, even with us grownups. And um, so for right now, I'm not doing a ton with texting. But uh, when I need a quick answer to a, to a question, that is what I'm going to do. Why text? Some of the older folks says, I don't need to text. I just would rather call them. Um, you'll find sometimes you're in a meeting and you can't leave and pick up the phone and call. Sometimes you're in a situation where you don't have time for a five-minute conversation, but you can quickly say, hey, who took the trailer this week? Do you know? Send. And then they'll write back, no. And it doesn't take all day. You can do other things while you're waiting for that answer. Um, phone calls, of course, always important, but I'm going to be honest. I don't have time to call everybody every single time. So if somebody calls me, I will call them back. I will pick up that phone when it rings and I will try to deal with it. Um, but phone calls I save for important things where I need to get a hold of somebody right away. I meet with all of my children's ministry leaders quarterly, okay, as a group. Um, so we try to do that. We sit down and go through the, the quarter, any special events that are coming up, any special needs that they're going to need. And it's just a time for us to fellowship and have a good time. 
Um, I have a monthly standing meeting with each one of them, meaning it's not real formal. I just make sure that at least once a month I bump into them and say, hey, what's going on? What do you need? Do you need anything like that? And then weekly, I just stick my head in their area and say, hey, how are you doing? What can I do for you? And I love it when they say, no, I don't need you. But that's what I do anyway. For volunteers, I have an open door policy. Okay. I don't actively seek out giving information to my general volunteers because one, I want my children's ministry leaders to disseminate the information that we get on a quarterly basis as our group. And two, I want them to be reading and using the resources that I've already given them um, because we have email groups that include them. So they should be getting information that way. They can also look and contribute to the newsletter. But I do have an open door policy that any of them can come talk to me about anything. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be something that I'm going to have to send them back to the coordinator of that ministry about. I got a gentleman that talks to me almost every week about a great idea that he has. And I said, yep. Go back and talk to so-and-so about it, and he, and then make sure that he brings that to me. All right, uh, email groups I've already mentioned, so that, that stays the way it is. Uh, I do a weekly check-in with my folks. I just stick my head in the classroom. Hey, how are you doing? Can I, do you need anything? Does your DVD player work? You know, uh, man, you got a lot of kids this week. Do you need more chairs? Whatever, whatever. Uh, how's the temperature in here? That just lets people know that you care. Even if they look annoyed, you know what? It could be annoyed at the last parent that stuck their head in and said, my kid's coming in their pain. So don't get intimidated. They're going to love it if you continue it. Okay. And then with them, I meet, I try to meet with the entire children's department uh, twice annually. So one of them is an, uh, a Christmas party that I do after Christmas and they love that. I do it the first week in January, just after New Year's. Um, that way they, they, they do it after all the other stuff is done. And then at least one other time in the year, usually right as the summer's coming or something, while, not while everybody's on vacation, I pull everybody in and I'm going to feed them both times. Okay. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to, uh, you know, bring in a speaker or something to talk to them. We're going to do some training and, uh, and that's that now communicating to your pastor, um, at our church every Monday, I submit a document to my pastor that basically says, uh, what did you do this week? What were the highlights of your week? What was the worst part of your week? What was frustrating about this week? And what do you need to communicate with the pastor about? And that's it in a nutshell. But it's a great way. If your pastor doesn't require that, shoot him an email every Monday after the service and let him know how many kids were there, how many folks showed up, um, and, and what went well, pad that thing out with thanks and, and how great things were and how good things went. If you have a request, put that in there and tell him, don't just complain, tell him why it's frustrating and what he possibly might be able to do to pray or help support about it. But your goal is to help him see that children's ministry is valued and valuable. Other than that, don't be a pain to your pastor. He, he's got so many folks that are pulling on him. You want to be one of the good guys, trust me. So use as little of his time as necessary, uh, uh, but as much as you need. You know, um, With my pastor, I told him the other week, he's, he's always real big on communication and getting with us and making sure uh, we have what we need. But he told me, he says, you know, I can tell 
um, you're pretty independent and you know what you're doing and you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of leave you alone. And I am, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for a while, but I told him, I said, pastor, you know what though? Once a month, I'd love to just have a standing meeting with you. And you just tell me that again, that's all I need. I don't need you to bring me up in front of the church. I don't need a plaque. I don't need a raise. I just need to know that I'm still doing okay. Because if I don't hear from you, for some reason, my stupid brain, I, I spin it negative. He's going to fire me. Oh, goodness, something's wrong. And he says, okay, I can do that. So there you go. Low maintenance, and you're blessing your pastor at the same time. So I hope that helps. Uh, we got an email from Lynette. She says, I recently stumbled upon your podcast somehow through a link on Roger Fields' Kids Blitz blog. Well, thanks, Roger Fields. I truly appreciate the honest insight and wisdom that you share. I've been a director of children's ministry for several years, and I've basically been clueless the entire time. I know how that feels. The Lord has definitely guided me to the point where I am now uh, and is growing and developing me into this position. Listening to your podcast has provided me with very practical help on how to better reach and teach my kids, lead my volunteers, and structure our time. I like that word, structure. This has been all on-the-job training for me, and I'm grateful to have found this resource. Thank you for your ministry, Lynette. Um, I can definitely relate with on-the-job training. <laughs> People ask me that sometimes. What kind of training do you provide? And I'm like, not very much. Come on in. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things, man. I don't know. Did, you could sit there and talk about children's ministry, but it's kind of like trying to tell somebody, teach somebody how to drive from a desk, isn't it? You just got to get in there after a while and get your hands dirty. Uh, let me share a resource with you from a friend, uh, Jeff Robb. He says, I just wanted to share an idea I had for making a biblical money bag. It's a pretty good one, too. You just need a beanie cap without any writing, just so just a knitted cap from Walmart or whatever, and a short piece of rope or string, a roll or two of pennies. He says, I've actually uh, had tokens even from arcades that closed down. And I uh, just put the coins in the hat forming a bag, and then wrap the rope around the necks. Very simple money bag. He says, I've used a small one for Judas's 30 pieces of silver and a larger one from the Good Samaritan and etc. And that's an excellent idea. I love stuff like that because making a bag and finding a bag is a pain. I actually, uh, a few years ago, went and got a piece of canvas from a craft store and hand-stitched a bag and then uh, spray-painted. I stenciled a dollar sign you know, uh, out of paper and then spray painted, uh, the black on it. And, and I have a traditional looking sack. I don't know that I used Brown. I think I might've used canvas. I don't know, but I wanted the, you know, the old burglar style money bag, but man in a pinch. And if you had, uh, if you had to, that is absolutely awesome. He included pictures, but I think you can see what he's talking about. It's just a beanie cap that you throw over your head, pull that sucker off, put some money in it. And then cinch up the top, and you've got a, uh, a sack object lesson. That is great. Send your input and uh, your resources and things like that to help. I'm a CP at gmail.com. You can call them in 2095 NLCast. You can Twitter me, twitter.com slash NLCast, and look us up on Facebook. Leave us an iTunes review if you haven't. Tell somebody about the show. And as always, we're located at Help I'm a Children's Pastor. Dot com. We'd love to get your input, your resource ideas, and your questions. And we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks right back here on Help. I'm a children's pastor. God bless. Yeah.